Just our real estate episode number 330. Just to give you an example, I was telling my wife this last night, uh, you know, I'm doing these $20 an hour jobs and I go and talk to a lady last night about a house and wrap up a purchase on a house in a matter of an hour and a half. And I know I can sell that house and make a $10,000 profit tomorrow if I wanted to. So do you want to spend your time doing $25 an hour tile work like I'm doing right now? Or do you want to go talk to another lady and make 10000 in two hours? <laughs> Thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I am so excited to be here with you today, talking real estate and getting into some awesome, awesome conversations with great people. But before I do, guys, there's something I want to talk to you about, and this is very serious. I am asked all the time, probably the number one question that I'm asked by new investors and experienced investors alike is, what has made the biggest difference in your business over the last seven or eight years that you've been involved in real estate, how did you go from a start, you know, just starting out and being a beginner to actually ramping up your business to be a multi-million dollar business? And, you know, I get the question a lot. So I have a lot of time to think about it and I'm thinking about it a lot. I can honestly say there were really two things that made the biggest difference in my business and really in my life. And the first one was that I I needed help, right? I didn't know everything. I thought I could do it on my own. I struggled for a number of years trying to do this business all on my own. I figured I am a reasonably intelligent person, maybe not the smartest guy in the world, but I am reasonably intelligent. I should be able to do this on my own. I can figure it out. All the information is out there. I don't need any help. And boy, was I wrong. What there, what happened was I put in a glass ceiling above me. I really put a limit on what I could do because I couldn't do anything more than I already knew or had the capacity to learn all on my own. And yeah, maybe over the course of a, you know, maybe t- uh, double or triple or quadruple the amount of years I had been involved, maybe at some point I would have figured it out. But honestly, guys, the biggest thing that has changed my business in the last two to three years, and I've been doing this podcast now for about Uh, I think we're going on four and a half, five years. Even from when I started this podcast, I have had a tremendous and dramatic increase in, in my business growth. And it's all been due to really one core idea. I needed help. I needed someone to help me get past the artificial barriers and the glass ceiling that was above my head. And what did that was coaching. I, I gotta tell you, I was not a big fan of coaching early on, but now that I've seen what it has done for my business, I am a huge fan of coaching. I am convinced that there's no way for a person to take their business and grow it exponentially based only on their own you know, experience, right? Eventually you will grow, right? But I'm talking about exp- exponential growth, rapid growth, getting from zero to a hundred, you know, in, in light speed kind of a thing. Everyone can get to their goal eventually. But to be honest with you, coaching does more than just tell you what to do and what not to do. Coaching, good coaching will give you a roadmap to where you want to go. So even if you're going a million miles an hour, it's tough to grow. It's tough to get to your destination without a map that shows you how to get there. And the best coaching will not only hold you accountable and encourage you and give you tools, that coaching will also provide a roadmap of how to get to from where you are to where you want to be. And that is the number one thing that has changed my life and my business. The other things that came from coaching was learning how to create systems and processes and people in order to grow my business 
quickly, but also responsibly and successfully, guys. So I'm telling you, if you want to grow your business in 2017 and beyond, there is really no other option that that you can really turn to that's going to give you the same results as coaching. If you want to know more about the coaching that I got or coaching in general or whether or not your business is ready for that next level and coaching is the answer, you can reach out to me. There is a, a link on my on the website at juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, it says, talk to me about education, right? Simple as that. It's not an order form. It's not a sign-up form. There's no obligation. It simply is a link that will help you set up a 15-minute phone call with me where you and I can discuss your business and decide if if coaching makes sense in your situation. Um, I, I would love to do this for you. Obviously, it takes up my personal time, but I'm willing to do that because I feel so strongly about coaching and what it can and will do for your business. So go to my website at juststartrealestate.com. On the right-hand side, click on the little banner there that says, talk to me about education. I'll hop on the phone. You can schedule a time that works for both of us. I'll hop on the phone and, and we'll talk about your business for a few minutes and see if coaching is something that would benefit you. I would love to talk to, about, talk to you about it. I hope to talk to you soon. Go there, check it out, and hopefully we'll be talking very soon. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. Happy to have you. Happy to be here as always. And I've got a really cool guest on with me today. This is somebody that was recommended to me uh, by Justin Williams. He said, hey, listen, this guy is doing some great stuff in his business. He's a cool guy. He's super motivated. Uh, he'll be very, very cool to, to talk to on the podcast. And if Justin tells me that, I, I typically uh, jump on board and get that person on the podcast because I love talking to people that are growing their business and get, have the right attitude and, and really are going going in the right direction. And I think I've got exactly that person with me today. His name is Dustin Bowling. And uh, I tell you what, I, I asked Dustin, I asked all the people that I interview to send me a, a quick bio. And I kind of did it la- last minute with him. I didn't give him a lot of time. And then I hopped on Facebook and we're in a, in a, in a group together uh, called the House Flipping Formula. And I just started like looking them up on there and kind of trying to do some research. And holy cow, Dustin, you have quite a quite a thing here in your <laughs> a thing that you posted last November that goes through everything you're doing, everything you want to do, all your goals, challenges, all that stuff. I mean, this is unbelievable. But I will say real quickly, uh, Justin is in Covington, Indiana. It's a small town, small rural town. And uh, he's he's flipping about 10 houses a year right now. Um, he's done 25 over the past five years. And he's got a bunch of, of uh, rentals and things that he's trying to grow that portfolio. And we're going to get into all that. But just, just a very aggressive, growing, uh, scaling investor that I think is going to be just an absolute superstar here in the next couple of years. So Dustin, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. The the listeners don't know everything we had to get through to get to this point. It was pretty crazy, but uh, some some scheduling snafus and some double scheduling and things that didn't show up in the schedule and um, and then the now Skype problem. So we got it all ironed out. We're here now and I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Been looking forward to it. Hopefully this hour helped me more than it's gonna help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I hope it does too. I'm gonna I you know, with these interviews, I get a little bit selfish and I just start asking questions that I, I wanna know. Like if you're doing something that I'm like, hey, that's cool. I'll start asking I mean, I'm hoping that people listening are kind of thinking the same thing I'm thinking, but 
Um, you know, there's a lot of things I know people want to hear, and then sometimes it's just stuff I want to hear, and hopefully it works for everybody else. <laughs> but that's how right, we do right. it. But listen, why don't you tell us a little bit? I, I, I know uh, I just told everybody where you're located, but why don't we go back before the real estate investing bug kind of got you and talk about your work history and kind of what you did before you got to the point that you want to start investing in real estate? What's your background look like? Okay. Well, yeah, uh, I basically, you know, ever since I've been little, you know, I, I kind of listened to Andy McFarland talk a little bit and his story is kind of similar to mine where I knew, you know, from being little, I was always that entrepreneurial kind of kid. I, I bought, you know, uh, furniture when I was like eight at auctions and, you know, was rehabbing it and trying to sell it. I was selling candy at school. I was doing baseball cards, uh, you know, whatever I could do to, from, you know, dollar to two dollars. Uh, you know, it's always fascinated me. It's, it's not really a money issue. It's more of just, you know, it drives you, you know, just something to goal setting. You know, I mean, I've always been a goal kind of oriented guy. Uh, when I was in high school, you know, I started listening to Carlton Sheets. I'm, I'm 37. So I guess it dates me a little bit. But uh, Carlton Sheets, you know, was, his ending was coming up you know, on, on TV and late night infomercials around that time. And I remember seeing that. And I, you know, me being the cheap guy I am, I'm like, I'm not going to order his course, but I'm going to buy it off of eBay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, you know, I got it off of eBay, went through all that course. I've read that thing a thousand times, listened to the CDs. And then from then on, you know, I was buying every book, every CD I could read. Uh, you know, just real estate's always been, I, I couldn't find anything else where you can buy something, somebody else is going to pay for it and you're going to own it. I mean, no matter what investment you got, if if there's a better one out there and it comes up, you know, I'm sure I'll switch that way. But right now I, I, I can't see anything beating real estate. So I just kind of always knew, you know, from being younger, real estate was where it was going to be at. I went to college uh, on a baseball scholarship. Uh, after I got done with college, I bought my first house. Uh, it was a uh, triplex. Uh, lived in the bottom of it and renovated it all myself, uh, you know, with some help from friends and family. And, uh, you know, after I did that one, real estate here in this area is kind of so cheap. I mean, the numbers seem funny, you know, when you listen to people from California and Justin buying, <laughs> you know, $500,000 houses and stuff. Yeah. My first house was seventeen grand. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, I probably put about 30 or 40 into it. Uh, and then we rehabbed it into a triplex. I lived in the bottom for free, rented out the top for about 400 a piece. So, you know, it was cash flowing. And, uh, you know, from that first one, I was like, man, we just seriously could have made, you know, if I wanted to sell it, I'd have made about $20,000. And I was thinking, wow, you know, and first house, first time, you know, could have made 20 grand or I can live in it for free and two other people are going to pay for my rent and I'm going to make a couple hundred bucks a month, you know. It was a no-brainer. So from that first one, it got me hooked. And, uh, you know, I've just been uh, picking up rentals here and there. And then we started on the flip game. That's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I don't know if real estate is quite as cheap where I am, but I'm in Michigan. So it's a pretty much the same market, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, we can yeah. buy houses all day long for 20, 30, 40,000, put, you know, five or 10 into them and rent them out for 900 to 1,000. I mean, it's just crazy numbers that you can never achieve in, in, in California right. and some of these other places. So I'm right there with you, man. I, I kind of, you know, chuckle when I hear what people are paying, you know, half a million dollars for a house that would cost, you know, 45,000 where I'm at. So, yeah, I get it. It's a little, the barrier to entry is a little bit lower, which is cool. So you started off with that whole, that first triplex and kind of that sort of like was maybe, you know, a moment where you said, gosh, this is something I can definitely do. And you started buying rentals. What made you decide to start flipping houses? If the rental thing was cool and you understood it, why flip houses? Uh, again, you know, kind of the same thing that most people, you know, deal with. Uh, obviously, college kid didn't have any, you know, money. I was actually playing online poker. 
uh, you know, out of college for living there for a while. So, <laughs> you know, cool. I wasn't loaded with money or nothing. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously you sink all your money into it and you're like, okay, well, how am I going to pull it out? Well, without the W-2 and, you know, you know, the banks aren't wanting to loan you tons of money with no W-2 in, information. So, uh, you know, it was hard getting loans up in the front. So it was basically, well, you know, can I pick up a couple rentals? Yes. And make a couple hundred bucks and then I'm stuck basically. Uh, so it was basically that, you know, just being stuck on it and thinking, I knew from the get go that rentals are where they're at retirement wise. Uh, you know, flipping is awesome, but it's still a job. You know I mean? You flip the house, you make the money, but you got to go find the next one. You know what I mean? With, with the rentals, I always love the rentals because it's constant, you know, it's constant cash flow, And eventually down the road, you've got a great nest egg retirement. So I've always liked both of them, but I just enjoy, you know, buying the junk house, turn it into something and then putting it back, you know, up for sale. And then especially small town community I'm from, you know, I've listened to a ton of these podcasts and, and what I'd love to hear is more of the guys that are rural or guys that are in these two and 3000, I mean, Covington's a 3000 people community. Uh, so when you, when you do stuff in a place like that, there's little competition, but you are, you are basically the town's flipper, you know what I mean? So they're all looking at you and what's your next project. And, you know, word of mouth spreads like wildfire. Uh, so, you know, it was kind of, once I got into it, you did one and you did well, and then you did two and three, and then, you know, just kind of kept going with it. Yeah, and that makes sense. And you're right. It is a little bit – people don't talk a lot about the rural areas, so it's kind of cool. You know, you'd like to hear more people on talk about rural areas. but uh, So you're on now, and there's probably people out there that think of the same thing going, cool, finally, there's somebody on right. that does stuff in rural areas. <laughs> and, and it can be done because I think a lot of people think if they're somewhere in a rural town like that, a smaller town, that they, they can't even do it, right? But – but you're mm-hmm. kind of seeing that, that you can do it. I mean, you're you're the go-to guy, like you said. You're the you're the town flipper. So, um, I, like I was reading some things on Facebook here. You were you were posting that people bring you know bringing stuff to you now because they just know who you are, and you're getting calls from the banks about foreclosures and things like that. So, that's sort of the advantage I would think of of being in a smaller town is that, yeah, there's not maybe as many opportunities, but you get the lion's share of the opportunities because people know you and you like you said word word spreads fast so that's something you don't see in a big town you know you're not the town anything because there's you know a hundred of you running around so that that's at least kind of cool it sounds like that people know who you are f- for what you do and and you're getting deals kind of brought to you sometimes right right and i and don't want people to think that that happened overnight uh you know like i said i've probably been doing this uh, about 10 years and, you know, it started out small, you know, doing a couple here and there. And then I've actually, the thing that I've done that's a little different than most people is I actually did the work when I was, you know, I first started out and then I had built my crew up to do the work. So I've actually got a crew of workers and that's why I've been waiting to hear somebody else talk about, okay, that's where I'm kind of in the moment of growing now and going, okay, what do I do now? Cause I, uh, uh went to police you know, eventually after flipping everything, I actually joined the police force. I was in that for about eight years and I just retired on that, uh, you know, at 37, uh, in December. So I'm nice. full-time real estate now. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, you know, taking the jump, going after it. Uh, you know, it's still a little scary. You know, you have no insurance, all the oh my's, what are you going to do? But when you look at it, man, the numbers are just, it's, you can't look at that and go, okay, well, so what, I can't pay a thousand dollars for insurance for a month, or even if I have to, I flip one house and, you know, I made 10 times that. So you got to take that jump at some point. I mean, everybody's scared to death to do it, but the numbers don't lie. I mean, they are what they are. It's a little scary, but jump out there. And, you know, once you get your 
once you get your systems in place, and that's where I'm, like I said, I'm a little short on. I, I keep listening constantly, just hoping to find the systems that I'm needing. And like I said, where I come up into problems is I've actually put together a whole crew of workers. I've got seven guys that are basically 1099 employees. They're not employees, but 1099 guys uh, do the 1099 a year, but they actually flip all my houses for me. And I've been basically the GC all these years. Uh, and I know with uh, you know, the systems and everything. I don't want to be the GC, but if you could see me now, I've got jeans with uh, paint and uh, drywall mud all over them because uh, you even trying to get on this call, you know what I mean? I was at three different projects today doing tile work, coming to here <laughs> talking to this guy. I had six phone calls in an hour when me and you're trying to do Skype. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, it just emphasized even more to me. You know, what am I doing? You know what I mean? I'm working these $20 an hour jobs instead of you know, just to give you an example, I was telling my wife this last night, uh, you know, I'm doing these $20 an hour jobs and I go and talk to a lady last night about a house and wrap up a purchase on a house in a matter of an hour and a half. And I know I can sell that house and make a $10,000 profit tomorrow if I wanted to. So do you want to spend your time doing $25 an hour tile work like I'm doing right now? Or do you want to go talk to another lady and make 10000 in two hours? Yeah, so, you're right. And that's, I mean, you already know it. So you're ahead of a lot of people who think that they they have to be, you know, putting that tile up or, you know, uh, mudding and sanding walls. You know that you you should not be doing that ultimately and that your time is better spent somewhere else. And that's what I tell a lot of people, too, that I coach is, you know, the, they'll start, you know, they'll put out marketing or whatever. They're driving leads and they're answering the calls. And I'll go, you know, a call person to answer that call is like 10 to 12 bucks an hour. Is that what you want to make? 10 to 12 bucks an hour answering calls? Or is that better to have somebody else do that so you can be freed up to do, you know, higher, higher level tasks? And that's exactly what you're talking about. I'm glad you said it because it's probably the hardest thing to drive through newer investors um, head is that, you know, you first of all, you have you have a certain amount of bandwidth, right? Like you can only do so much while you're putting up tile you're not doing something else. You can't physically do two things at one time. So, but you know what? You got to a point doing it this way and you've you've built that your company up to a point. And then it's just I always tell people if you want to flip a handful of houses a year, you know, 3 or 4, you can do a lot of the work and and you can that makes sense maybe because you're saving money. That's great. But if you want to scale like I know you do because I'm looking at your 3-year goals here, if you want to scale like I know you want to scale, it becomes difficult to spend a lot of time in the houses doing some of those things, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said uh, it's I guess the point where probably myself and uh, probably a lot of other people that are wondering, you know, okay, where do I go from here is is you get yourself in a situation like you know, right now I've got about, uh, I think I've got eight different projects going with not very good systems in place. You know I mean? I'm just being honest with people, you know, it's basically a lot of me going from job to job to job, you know, notebooks here, notebooks there, receipts here, receipts there. <laughs> uh, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, it's just easy and you put it together. It's not, it's a ton of hard work and a ton of hours. Yeah. Like I said, if you, if you can get with the, you know, the right people, and I know you guys have systems in place and, you know, I, I've been looking at some of your stuff uh, as far as, you know, Hey, maybe that's the route I need to be going because like, so you get to a point And my point is, is basically I care about a lot of the guys I've got going right now. You know, I've had these seven guys working for me. And I guess the main question that I would have, if I could ask somebody and they could answer me would be, I've got, you know, eight employees going. Uh, how do I walk away from all my employees doing this work and leave them with no GC unless I train the GC, you know what I mean? 
it's kind of like, how do you walk away from a system that's not formed? And I guess that's where the point where I get kind of stuck on is, you know, uh, the houses that we've got to, you know, are the quality and the, the way they are in a small town like this, where I want my name on them because of that quality. So it's like, well, how do I walk away from these eight that I've got going right now to put systems together? And and, and that quality is going to suffer. And I guess, you know, the answer that I tell myself on that is, well, you know, if they can do it at 80% of what I can do it, sure, I'm going to have a 20% loss on these eight, but then I'm good for the next years, you know what I mean? Because the systems are in place. So it's kind of like, well, do you just take that loss or, you know, my, my kind of, uh, obsessive mind won't let me accept, you know, <laughs> to stop for, you know, a month or two to get systems in place and me stop showing up. So I guess that's where I need the push and the help. All right. So if I could answer that and, and my answer is not the end all be all, but if I, if I were advising you, I would say, I don't see any, it doesn't, it's not that black and white. I don't think you have to stop to put systems in place, but you're already going to these properties and you're already doing all the GC work. To me, if I, if I were, you or if I was advising you, I would say, bring on that person that you think could be your GC. Let them shadow you. Let them follow you around. Right. You can. There's things that you can hand off. You have to go out to property sometimes. I know because I flipped houses for six years. You have to go out to property sometimes just to verify something was done or, or to maybe whatever. Do take a picture or even just bring a check or something some of those things can be downloaded to somebody else without losing quality. You know, it's just sometimes you have to make a run that just has to be made and anyone could make it. Right. So if you can download those those very assignable tasks to somebody else, you start building the process with the person that you buy or that you buy with the person that you hire. Start working on that process together. Task them with helping you build out the process and kind of do it together and hand it off slowly. You can transition that. You don't have to just stop and like lose all this and stop, you know, your guys. I personally don't think. I think you can build it as you go. And I am always saying that because Mike and I, my partner and I are are building our business and we're we're building processes along the way. Like, you know, we 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 did over over um seven figures last year, but we we didn't have a we were building the process as we did it. Like we always say we're building the ship as we go down, you know, the river, building the boat as we go down the river. There's leaks and there's holes and we're plugging them fast, but we're not stopping. We're still going down that river. So I think you can do both. I think maybe you're you're thinking that you can't do both. And I you definitely can. But I will say this. There's a book out there called called Traction. And I recommend that a lot of people read it. I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. It's just a great book. And the, one of the main principles of the book Traction is the idea of doing tasks that that are that are significant. He he calls them, you know, significant task. A significant task is something that maybe pulls you away from a day-to-day like emergency or 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 the day-to-day issues that you're dealing with. You spend a little time on something that will pay dividends down for years and years and years to come. And one of those significant tasks is hiring people who can take on something to take it off your plate forever or to build out a system that it doesn't have to be perfect, but a system that works so that that system can be transferred to people as you bring them on your team, you know, so you can teach it once basically. And then that system can be just handed off to the next person. So those are significant tasks that are super important. The book is great. I highly recommend it. If you haven't read it, it's a, it's a fantastic book. Um, but anyways, um, I, this isn't a coaching call. So 
I, but but I love what you're saying. It's all good stuff. It's like real, right? It's like, hey, my systems aren't great. I'm running around like crazy. I've got paint, you know, I've got, you know, drywall mud on, on my shirt. Like that's all real stuff. And people, most people are are doing it or trying to do it exactly that way. And I'm actually impressed at how far and how successful you are doing that. It just means that you're, you've got a lot of energy, man. You're, I know you're running around and you're hustling and trying to get things done and you're probably busy from morning until night. You have to be to do the <laughs> volume that you're doing with the amount of work that you're doing, but there is a ceiling. There's a, there's a glass ceiling on what you can accomplish under that system. If you want to, and I'm looking at your goals, right? So I, I know to do that, you're going to have to bring people on. And probably the first thing is is a GC, somebody that you can bring on and train and trust. But I think you can sort of hand it off slowly. You don't have to just like turn them over the next day and hope for the best. It could be a slow process. Keep doing what you're doing. Let them shadow you. Let them come along. Explain your philosophy, why you're doing things. Make sure your guys know them and they're comfortable with them and kind of have that easy transition. It's exactly what I do because to, to scale, and this is the biggest lesson I've learned in the last couple of years, to scale means hiring and building out processes and systems and automation, period. There's no way to scale without it, right? Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak would not have built Apple if they tried to stay in their garage and build them by hand. They just, you know, you couldn't do it, right? So you can't scale without doing it. You can scale to a point, and honestly, where you are, I know a lot of people that if they were doing what you're doing, they would consider that to be the ultimate success. Like you're, you're doing more than they could imagine. But I know that you don't view what you're doing as your ultimate end goal. You've got higher goals and, and more lofty goals. So, man, it's 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 gonna it's gonna entail hiring and creating systems for sure. But don't let that feel like, hey, I gotta shut down until I have it all exactly right. I'm kind of a perfectionist and I'm real real like picky and impatient. But I've had to let go of that. And, and Justin says it all the time that done is the new perfect, right? It's you just get it, get yep, it done. I heard that the other day, and I was like, yeah, dead on. You know, I mean, it's exactly. And like I said, it's just when you when you pull off all the processes, you know, I, I'm as I, I, everything I'm trying to do is, you know, in my head, you know, I mean, as far as going to Lowe's and making sure we're using a 10 percent off coupon when we go to Lowe's, you know what I mean? Uh, to, you know, guys that are, you know, painting to make sure they're painting the steps in the order that I want. And then it, it's just a matter of, you know, it's such a process on every single thing. And I'm like. Well, you know, do you, do you go the route of the GC and hire one GC and walk away from it? Or, you know, like I said, I, I kind of built all these guys up. And, and the thing is, is I know, I know being a flipper, most guys would die to have seven or eight guys that they can trust with keys to their houses. You know what I mean? And I've got those seven or eight guys, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's like, you hate to walk away from them and, you know, turn it into a general contractor deal when I've, I've, I've groomed those guys basically, you know, from, and I'm getting them all at discounted rates. You know, that's the other thing, you know, I mean, I'm getting GCs running my project for 15, $18 and, you know, those are running $40 in the area. You know, I mean, I'm getting painters at 12, 15 bucks, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, I'm saving nickels to, to lose dimes basically is the way that I should be looking at Even if I walk away from that, you know, I don't think you have to walk away from it though. Here's what I would do. And this is what we've done in our business is, Forget about hiring someone who's going to bring in their own crews and flush your guys out. I would bring in someone right. who you can train as a project manager, right? We keep saying GC. Maybe you don't need a GC. Maybe you need a project manager, somebody who can just make sure stuff's getting done. They know the quality that you want. They know the order you want things done. They're making sure the discount coupons are being used. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're, managing, <laughs> right. they're managing the process. 
but they're not necessarily doing the work. They're they're literally just man doing what you're doing for the most part, minus getting dirty and, and doing they're just managing those people so you can step away from it. You still get to use your people. You bring that person in slowly, introduce them to your workers, make sure everyone's on the same page, make sure that the person you bring in has the right attitude for the job and and just train them on how to manage what has to get done. I mean, you're gonna have to pay them, so it's gonna cost something, but I think the the scale that you're going to be able to achieve will blow that. You know, it'll be it's totally you know you'll be you'll be paying an extra dime to make. I'm sorry, paying an extra nickel to make an extra dime. So um, that would be my advice to you. But so, how does your business look right now? Let's just step through it. Who who does other than the guys that work for you and, and work on the houses? Is there anybody else doing anything for you, or is it all you? It's all me. Man, you're I'm a workhorse. Oh yeah, I've got. <laughs> if you could see my office right now, I, you know, I thought we were going to be on Skype. I'm shoving all my taxes underneath the table. I'm shoving, my, you know, I'm in LA envelopes. You know, I've got my 15 houses. Like I said, right <laughs> now, I think I've got, uh, I think I got like nine projects or something going right now from rental, new rentals that I purchased. You know, new homes. I think I've got four flips. We actually went into new construction. Uh, you know, that was one of the big things. Uh, you know, when I was retiring from the police force, I was set up with like five different, you know, four flips already, a duplex from a bank. And then a guy came over to us and said, Hey, can you build us a 3,500 square foot house? And I was like, well, I know the profit margin on there is good, but I'm not wanting to be a GC, but I kind of threw myself into a GC flipper kind of role just because of a safety net, you know what I mean? Which is good. You know, I, I had some backup nets, you know what I mean? In case, you know, I quit my job and everything went to crap. You know, at least I was, you know, a good GC to fall back on and have plenty of work. And with small town, you know, it's there. Obviously, that's not my goal or my intention, but it's nice to have those safety nets and cushions to be able to jump out there and go for it all. You know what I mean? But my, yeah, my business right now, like I said, I am, I am basically doing everything. Uh, I've got seven or I've got seven workers. I do have a GC that is has taken a tremendous amount of stress away from me and the work. Uh, guy's been with me for about a year and a half now. So I've kind of, he turned into that role and taken a lot of the responsibility off of me. Uh, we're granted most of the time I don't have to get dirty. You know, I very rarely do physical work now. Uh, but you know, if we get in a bind, I got five or six projects, you know, I'm not above getting down there with my guys and working with them. Uh, so I've got, uh, I think one, two, three, I have four flips going. I have two rentals that I just purchased. We're building a 3,500 square foot house, and I picked up a church actually, uh, <laughs> just on an auction the other, uh, about a month ago. <laughs> no kidding. What are you going to do with the church? Uh, well, it was the numbers were so so good that it was an, an absolute no brainer. I, I picked up a church that was in great condition, uh, 1,300 square feet on the top, full basement, was just used. I mean, livable building right now, full you know, fully functional, doesn't need a remodel for $4,500 on an absolute auction. Uh, and it had, uh, you know, original pews and everything inside of it. So the numbers were just like, well, I can sell the, the pews and everything else on the inside. And I've got a building for two grand. Uh, so probably what I ended up doing on something like that is being small town and rural, it would be one where I would, I bought it for 4,500. Uh, I'll put about a thousand bucks into cleaning it and I'll turn around and sell it on a contract. Uh, for somebody for a four thousand down, sell it at twenty grand and three hundred bucks a month, and you know it'll make a tremendous spread on it. Yeah, nice. That's cool, man. You have so much going on. I, you have more going on than I thought. Based on your, you know, this was like three <laughs> months ago in November you posted this, right. but um, my goodness, I don't. I mean, wow. 
you're doing a lot by yourself. So there's no doubt about it. Systems would, would certainly help you. So that's that's very cool. Now, looking back, right, you've been doing this now for, for several years. Looking back, if you were talking to yourself when you started and giving yourself advice, what would you do differently or what would you have to say to a younger you who was starting out to try to help you kind of navigate through some maybe uh, mistakes or, you know, challenges that you had along the way? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think the thing that scares everybody uh, is the money part of it. Uh, and I think, you know, once you read a few books, you know, you get some little bit of insight. The numbers in real estate just make sense. I mean, they, they just do. I mean, you can't deny, you know, the profit margins that you can make or the money you can make. But getting that money and raising that money or, you know, talking to people and really it's selling yourself. Man, the one thing I, I, I remember is that people do business with people they like and they trust. And, the name of my company's uh, been Integrity Investments by Bowling, and that by far your integrity will take you anywhere in this business, especially small town. Uh, if you're a small town person and your character's out there, and people know you and trust you, uh, it's. I mean, I started with one guy, uh, went to the first guy, a very influential guy in the town. Uh, you know, it's like I was begging, you know, man, you know. You know, I borrowed $5,000 to do this house. And this guy was just a great, phenomenal guy. Uh, he loaned it to me, trust me, believed in me. And then from there, you know, went from five to 10 to 15 to 75. And then he told me to talk to one guy and then talk to this guy. And it was all about doing what you're saying you're going to do. You know what I mean? I told this guy, I'd give him this amount of interest. I'd pay him on this day. And, you know, I'd say in real estate, you do what you say you're going to do. And your character is by far your most important asset. If if your character runs true, I mean, people are going to trust you. They're going to like you. They're going to believe in you. They're going to invest with you. They're going to call you. I mean, I went from that guy, you know, borrowing five thousand dollars, to you know, I've I've gotten to the point now where I've got investors, you know, with small town, and like I said, this isn't a ton of money compared to a lot of people, but. You know, I, I probably got about, you know, $600,000 from three or four or five different private investors that just constantly roll it with me uh, just because they know me, they like me. And, and I was getting money on a handshake, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which yeah. is absurd. Yeah. Uh, but when people trust you, you know, you're good. You're good for it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I, and that was the first guy that gave it to me. He told me that and I looked at him and I was like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. I'm going to give you a mortgage and sign it. And, you know, it's going to go to the courthouse and get recorded. And you're going to be secured. He's like, I don't need any of that. I, you know, I got your handshake and your word is good for me. Wow. And I thought it was retarded at the time. <laughs> and I still think it's bad business. But when I look yeah. back on it, I'm like, you know, I'm the same way. You know what I mean? If I trust you and believe in you, you know, and I know you're going to do it, I'm good with it. You know what I mean? So I would say, I would say definitely looking back you know, build that character, you know what I mean? It, build the character. If you got the character, you know, people will find you, work will find you, other guys that want to work for you. I mean, it goes everywhere and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I say that all the time that people do business with people they know and trust. I've been in rooms where, where I've secured private money from people who are, who are just in the, in the community, but there were people around them that were looking for money for flips and for projects that had way more experience than I did and probably were a lot smarter than me. But they just they we just clicked. We we hit it off. They liked me. They liked my wife. They you know, we just sort of like had a good rapport. And that was was more important to them than whatever my resume said or, you know, the track record or whatever. It's it's so true that that character is big. It's really important. And I'm, I'm sure that in a very small town, good and bad, you're going to have to live and die by your reputation. So uh 
be careful. Absolutely. Be careful not to screw anybody. And I, I, I don't mean that just for small town. I mean even bigger town. Bad news always travels mm-hmm. way faster than good news does. So you do a hundred good things. You do one bad thing that's going to haunt you for the rest it, of your life. So. It's done. Yeah, it's done. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's cool, man. I, I'm telling you what you've you've done some incredible, impressive things. And and you've done it, I, I would say, admittedly without systems, right? I mean, without having great yeah, systems. Absolutely without systems. So can you imagine what a guy like you can accomplish if you had like real crackerjack systems and, and people working right. for you that were doing a great job? That's awesome though, man. I you're gonna get there. I know you will. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You're you're definitely gonna get there. I can I can tell and I know Justin thinks a lot of you and just having talked to you now and and, and just kind of read up on what you were up to on Facebook. You're gonna you're gonna just continue to soar, man. You're you're doing more than I would have expected. Having saw where you were three months ago, you're already light years past that. And I think probably leaving the job and, and burning those ships probably had something to do with it. You know, when when you when you don't have a lot of options, like you said, you have backup. You could be a GC, but really, you sort of like got rid of your your backup plan was your job, and you got rid of that. So yeah, there's other things you can do. You're a talented, hardworking guy, but. You sort of like burn those boats, the things that were paying your, you know, your mortgages and stuff. So that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm super excited for you. I think this year is going to be incredible for you. And I look very much forward to seeing how it goes and, and keeping up with what's happening. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I, I really think this year, like I said, systems number one, you know what I mean? That's what I'm going to be trying to work on. Uh, you know, and just getting as much info from as many people that know more than me. That's like I said, that's the other thing I'd tell people. You don't need to know everything. You need to know the guy that knows it, you know? So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? That's the same philosophy I have with boats. I don't need a boat. I just need to know somebody who has a boat. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, man, thanks again for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, you're you're an inspiration, I think, to a lot of people. You don't even know it, probably. You don't, you don't feel like it, maybe, but you are. People hear and see what you're up to, and they go... I, you know, they see themselves in, in what you're doing and where you're trying to go and say, you know, I, I'm in a small town and, and that's exactly how things are here for me. And he did it so I can do it. Right. I mean, why not? Why couldn't they do it? So I, I love that you came out. I love, you know, that you persevered through all the things that we had to go through to get to this point. It wasn't easy, uh, but you did. And I, and I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. No, it's it's been great. And thanks again. And, and I will talk to you soon. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Guys, before we go, one quick thought. One thing that I've learned in real estate over the last few years, and it's a really a, a recent discovery for me, is I am struggling and I have struggled over the years with keeping track of my books for my business, right? It's a less one of the less sexy aspects of real estate. And it's nothing that you ever see, you know, talked about or the gurus don't really talk about it. But doing your books properly will make your life so much better at the end of the year and at tax season. It's not something, like I said, that people talk about a lot because it's not exciting. It doesn't get people excited. But I can tell you what is the opposite of getting excited is being completely miserable. And I know that in the past, I have been miserable at tax time because I didn't know where to start. I was sort of like kind of halfway getting things to my accountant and it was a real disaster. So if you want to avoid all of that headache, you need to hire a bookkeeper and I am using the best. I am using a company that I actually personally trained them to understand this business and to learn and know how to keep the books properly for real estate investors. I sort of trained them in real estate and they applied that to the books so that 
my bookkeeping is completely hands-off. They do everything. They get everything ready for the account at the end of the year, and you just basically hand over the information. It's so easy. They're pay, they my, my, my bookkeepers like pay contractors and give me reports on my business, the status, a P&L, a balance sheet. They can run reports and tell you exactly where you are all the time and keep track of all the money going in and out. Guys, these guys are the best. I highly suggest that you check them out. If you go to reibooksonline.com, you can go and see what they're about. You, you can get in touch with them and, and talk to them and find out if, if it's a good fit for you. But if you go to reibooksonline.com, you can get a hold of them there. And guys, you'll be glad you did because like I said, it's not one of the more sexy things to talk about in real estate, but it is one of the most overlooked and recklessly handled area of real estate that I've I've seen in all my years. So check them out and I think you'll be very happy that you did. Okay, until next time, if investing in real estate is your dream, there's only one way you can make it a reality. Just start. 